0: brought back Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah, that didn't have much impact on me either. But you know what? I'm going to extrapolate that into something that might, might mean something. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates, here on the DK Sports Radio podcasting network. Ray Ray is a wide receiver, wide receiver, I feel like I need to say it twice, and return man, return man. He does both things for the Steelers. It's just that you don't think of him as a wide receiver, wide receiver, because he didn't get on the field very much, oh let's say, from the second half of the season onward. Not coincidentally, right around that same time, you started seeing fewer jet sweeps, fewer excessive, eccentric motions, fewer Matt Canada things. And that's had me suspicious for a while because if you look back at the way the offense was constructed in 2020, the running game, being perfectly candid here, wasn't atrocious early on. The running game hadn't been abandoned early on. There were a lot of different things that the Steelers were trying And they were legitimately succeeding in keeping their opponents at bay. It wasn't until Baltimore and Washington and a couple other teams caught on to the idea that everything that the Steelers were doing was happening either right at the line of scrimmage or very close to the line of scrimmage. So they all just started ganging up on that area and said, you know what, we don't care what kind of trickery you throw at us. Because it's all going to be right here, and we're just going to have bodies here, because you're not even trying to throw the ball downfield. At which point, all of a sudden, a lot of this little stuff, the Matt Canada stuff, started vanishing from the offense. And that includes, by the way, Ray Ray. And I'm not getting into Ray Ray and his own merits. Believe it or not, that's got nothing to do with this. He is exactly what he is. I'm... More interested in whatever the decision making process was that took him out of the equation, that took all of these Matt Canada elements out of the equation. And then at the end of the season, the offensive coordinator was fired and Matt Canada was promoted. Think about that for a second. Think about that. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, FuboTV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports. And now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time fubotv.com slash dk 15% off your first month try to picture the Steelers offense in 2021 try to picture a formation try to picture a structure try to picture an identity you can't do it can you you can't even come close the big reason for that is we don't even know the personnel yet most specifically the running back if the Steelers were to draft Anaji Harris in the first round, your entire image of what the Steelers can or will do on that side of the football changes dramatically. Now you start thinking about being more of a, a Tennessee-type offense where you're, you know, you're relying heavily on your running back, but you're also getting your QB involved and your star wide receiver and so forth. Uh, that, that's how the Titans look. That's not how the Steelers looked in 2020. But we can't picture it. And as a result, I'm going back to some tendencies that I saw from 2020 and wondering what it is that led the Steelers to simply promote Matt Canada when his ideas along the way were quashed by someone, probably Ben and or Randy, And with the tacit approval, of course, of the head coach, Mike Tomlin. How does Matt Canada end up running that? Furthermore, how does Matt Canada end up getting an endorsement as strong as the one that Kevin Colbert might have unwittingly given when he met with reporters three weeks ago and blurted out that Matt Canada's offensive philosophies could change the way the Steelers approach building their roster on that side of the ball. That's a pretty strong statement to come from any general manager, but especially one of a franchise that doesn't lend itself toward changing a whole lot of things very easily. I I was blown away by that one, and I was surprised it didn't get more of a rise out of Steelers Nation. He basically said, Colbert did, we're going to go find players. And I'm thinking right off the bat, offensive linemen uh, who can get out and pull because that's big part of the Matt Canada thing. A lot of it is left, right, left, right. He needs for offensive linemen to get out of their stances and to go block somebody who might not be anywhere near the original point of attack at the line of scrimmage. And he can do that this year because if you think about it, the offensive line is already going to go through a sea change. So now's the time to put that in. But then they go left, right, and then you got those jet sweeps back into the equation. And you got Ray Ray back in there. And I don't mean to say this to make you cringe because I know those plays didn't result in very much. I mean, occasionally Ray Ray popped one you know, for a first down or whatever. It was never anything especially explosive. But he was somewhat productive. Again, I'm using Ray Ray as symbolism here. Ray Ray was brought back to be a return guy, but he's also listed as a wide receiver. So it's worth the discussion point. If you remember that not only was he involved, but Ben himself openly talked about how they, they loved getting Ray Ray involved, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. Then all of a sudden he wasn't. There's so much to solve here. There's so much to unpack. At some point between now and Latrobe, you're going to see a roster take shape. You're going to see an offensive roster come together. And according to Colbert himself, you're going to see it shaped in Canada's image but you're also going to see it in the context of a quarterback that everyone knows will be coming back for a final year, for one year, for one last run. And if anybody thinks that Ben Roethlisberger in year 18 is going to show up and say, you tell me, coach, I'll do whatever it is that you want. (laughs) It's not going to happen. He didn't do it in years one through 17. That's not even necessarily a criticism. He's been around for a while. He has every right to believe that he knows more about succeeding with an NFL offense than a fairly new coach to the NFL ranks who's gotten most of his accolades and achievements at the college level. Ben has every right to feel that way. And Ben's going to, there's going to be head to head here. There just is. Uh, There wasn't between Ben and Randy. The way Ben would kind of make sure everybody knew that he was doing something was that he would say uh, that he drew up so-and-so play, like, you know, scripted in the sand or a playground ball or whatever, when in fact the play was very much part of the Feetner playbook, and Ben just wanted to have some credit for it. This is different. Ben and Matt Canada don't have... Any history beyond Matt Canada being the quarterback's coach slash semi, not really, not for long, assistant offensive coordinator last season. There's a lot that has to be sorted out here. There's a lot that's got to be figured out, not just for 2021, but also for beyond. Because one of the challenges, maybe the main challenge that Canada will face as OC, I think, is that he'll want to put in an offense that'll last beyond the coming season even though he's going to be putting the ball in the hands of a quarterback who almost certainly won't be back beyond that same season. That's a tough, tough, tough hill to climb. Better to just go get him. You know, go get your Najee Harris. Hope that he's Derrick Henry and can just blow people away. And all of this can get a whole lot simpler. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. back, time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's just one question comes from DC Friday, who asks, with the Steelers handing the reins of the offense over to Matt Canada, it makes me wonder if the Dwayne Haskins acquisition was more than just taking a flyer on a talented guy. If the focus of the offense is going to be more on the run game, then in 2022 are we looking at a greater possibility of a QB competition because of fit, despite the Steelers' apparent backing of Mason Rudolph? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I hate to keep minimizing everything about Dwayne Haskins, but to me, he's Paxton Lynch. Uh, I, I really believe that he is a flyer guy. Uh, if you go back to the Steelers' approach to Lynch, it was, well, here's a guy he was a first-rounder, uh, and he didn't get much of a chance in Denver, had some things go wrong, let's see what he can do. They brought him in. He never ascended above Duck Hodges. And that's not to say that Dwayne Haskins has to be married to Paxton Lynch's fate. Different people, different athletes, different everything. And maybe there's a little bit extra with this one because Mike Tomlin is known to have had a fair amount of respect for what Haskins did at Ohio State and for his potential. So if they bring him in and they say, look, he had some problems in Washington. Uh, He didn't hit it off on the right notes down there. We feel like if he just takes a patient approach, learns here in Pittsburgh, maybe he can Become something and then see where he takes it. See where he takes it. Lay it on the athlete. If he takes the reps that he gets in practice, whether they're second team, scout team, whatever it is, if he takes those reps and impresses, that's not even a coach's call. You just move up the depth chart. You know, you can win jobs in practices, you don't have to break through labels. You can do great things in practices and really, really impress the right people. Fans don't get to see it. Uh, We do get to see it as reporters. We can't report on it because of NFL regulations. But the people who matter, the ones who make these decisions, they're watching, they're, they're filming, they're studying every snap, every drill of every practice. They count every millisecond as if it matters. So if Haskins wants the opportunity, it's not a matter of having a script set up for him the way you the the, the way you 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 kind of pose the question. It's more a matter of whether or not he takes it. They don't overcomplicate these things. They put players into position, ideally, to succeed. They offer opportunity. The opportunity is either taken or it isn't. My own thoughts, to answer your question directly, would be that there's no chance that Haskins was picked up because of anything having to do with Matt Canada, if only because of what I had just mentioned in the first segment, which is that they didn't really seem to be taking seriously anything that Matt Canada was offering once the season hit its midpoint. So I I can't see that they would have said, oh, look, let's go get Dwayne Haskins so he can be part of the Matt Canada offense. No. No, and remember that any NFL offense, any NFL offense, even Baltimore's, has to be able to throw the ball downfield in order to keep teams honest. We just, we just experienced that, arguably in the worst way, in 2020. Really good question, DC. Thanks for thanks for throwing that this way. That's a kind of that's a kind of question that makes this segment. Uh, hopefully what it is for for our listeners. Uh, We will do this again tomorrow. Thanks to everyone for listening.